Mm. <laughs> 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 we need some news. Yeah, we need some <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> All right. What's up, you two? What's happening? Mm. Here we are. Top 10. All right. It's actually five and five, but I wonder okay, how many. Okay, I was really curious. We have no idea who what we wrote down. So be interested. In fact, when I said top 10, I was really curious if you were going to come with 10 or you're going to come with five. I came, I came with five. I came with six. I had six. I was going to work on another one, but then I had to go to a meeting. All right. Yeah. All right. So, all right. This is what I would love to hear from everybody today. Yeah. Okay. There's all kinds of things that you wish that somebody had told you early on. And actually, as I was going through my mind, all of these things somebody did tell me, I just chose not to listen. I had that revelation too. <laughs> I did. I had that revelation too. There was a, a point where I was like, oh, maybe I wish I would have known that. And then I go, like, patience was one of them. It's not on my list, but I was like, and man, mm. if somebody would have told me, wait a second, that's all I ever read was like, hey, patience, 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 uh, you know, you'll be successful. And no, I'm not going to listen to that. I want to take right now. Yeah, there you go, yeah. ma'am. There you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got a whole bunch of, of things here. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys uh, what you think. Yeah. I'm going to go read through them Put after. Put it in the comments. We yeah. might pull a couple of them up here at the end, too. Yeah. Things. Oh, yeah. If you got really good ones, uh, we're going to test Dave here with uh, finding out the good ones. Uh, we'll share them as well, so you know, feel free. Things that you wish somebody had told you uh, at any point, not just in the beginning, but at any point, right? Yeah. All right. So I, I took, I got a piece of paper out and a pen because I, I think I'm going to come up with some as time goes as on, we go. Right? I got, I got six here. <laughs> I think we're going to have a couple of them that go that pop into the comments. Oh yeah. I know people are bringing stealers. I'm excited. Stealers under up here. <laughs> All, right. All right. You go first, man. All right. First one for me. Um, <laughs> uh, Number one, I wish somebody would have told me, uh, is that my first year would suck, but it's okay. It's okay to suck. Yeah, I dude. naturally have this, like, I want to be the best at it when I start something. Mm -hmm. And if my first year, I sucked. And I couldn't, it took me a long time to figure out why. Okay, so I'm going to actually say, I'm going to... My first take, my first year, was the easiest I ever had. Really? Yeah, probably <laughs> the easiest take of all I've done. But I totally get with you which, what you're saying because all the other ones after that. Well, because I, I think you know, I think a part of that played into the I want to learn everything about the hobby and everything. Mm -hmm. So I tried to implement it all in the first uh, year, mm -hmm. and so my mind was just full of all this knowledge, but I had no idea how to implement it right. This so is going to hit sucked. when I had one of the others yeah. I had here. <laughs> I will tell you the reason I think that my first year, by the way, uh, was so easy is because I used that Tampa Bay saltwater rock. Uh, that, that's going to hit you know, one of mine too. Yeah, it had uh, you know all the bacteria. And sponges yeah, and everything on it, it like yeah. shipped in water straight out of the ocean, it's, sand that came out of the ocean. hard to ruin a tank like that. It was like instant tank, dude. Start. It was so easy, man. Most successful, <laughs> easiest path I ever had. Yeah. Uh, more pests than you could ever imagine, man. Like, I had bristle worms or like this round, like my thumb. Uh, I'm still excited. I'm, I wish we could get, I want to start a tank where just yeah. see what kind of pests come out of it. All those uh, mantis shrimp yes. and crabs and whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't really matter then. Uh, but the tank know. we had, but the tank launched Man, really it was well. easy. If yeah. I was going to tell anybody to have it easy, it wasn't cheap. But in the easiest possible way to be successful day one, yeah. boom. There it is. <laughs> uh, that was it. All right. So I'm going to go the other direction. All right. though. Actually, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> complete opposite of what you just is said. It? <laughs> I wish somebody would told me that bare bottom with dry rock mm. is not the same as bare bottom with live rock. Oh, yeah. And when we say that bare bottoms are hard, when you do bare bottom <laughs> with dry rock, 
extremely Super hard. epic hard. Like the hardest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just playing on failure and coming up from the, rising up from the, the okay. dust. Roll the, the dice, you sometimes you win, and there'll be no problem. Sometimes. But we've done so many tanks now, especially when you get all the experiment tanks in that are like insta-tanks oh, as we well. Do. Yeah, and we don't time. put sand in them because we didn't want the like, uh, you know, interference or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, all those were so much it's harder, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm still so, on that one in my office, too, because I think I set up that 60-gallon cube coming up on maybe a year ago, and just last month, I finally came around the horn to, I feel, I, I can put corals in here and it's gonna be awesome because it went through nasty brown, it went through bacteria, it went through every stage that it could. Here we are almost a year later, and I feel like it's going to be an epic tank when I start putting corals in it. You're also busy. It's tough. <laughs> you want that too. Uh, all right, so I'm going to tell you, I know the exact person that did tell me this, and I just didn't listen. Long time ago? Mm-hmm. It was Josh. WWC oh, okay. Josh. So what he, what he said to me was, bare bottoms are a lot harder, they have problems up front, and they just take longer to cycle. And then in a totally different sentence, in a different conversation, he mm. said, Established live rock yep. is our key. Yep. Right? I remember and that. So he's got rock there that they got they got cooking he inside says, of other systems that have been in there for a year. Yeah, he says any time that he you asked him, I think, like how do you how does WWC do it? And they mm -hmm. go, Well, anytime we can, we use rock that we've had in our systems and stuff to start a brand new one. Yeah. And that was the key. So you don't just like sometimes you just don't connect the dots because I started so many tanks with just dry rock and sand and insta tanks, we're like Oh, harder, yeah, whatever, a little bit harder. Uh, but no, harder. Wait, Good question <laughs> here from Williams. Uh, William, William asks, harder how? Mm. Which we didn't okay. really answer. So what I'm finding in my own personal experience, you can add your own color in here if you guys want. <laughs> yeah. but, like there's something really to the like biological diversity and that the most aggressive organisms tend to win out the battle for the surface area. Yeah. And the things that are photosynthetic tend to, the moment you turn the lights on, tend to win the battle because there's so much energy. Like, they're not really dependent on prey. So they're able to get all the energy mm. uh, from uh, light uh, and photosynthesis that the bam, they just outcompete everything. Yeah. So dinos and algae and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, just yeah. all kinds of weird problems just show up in the tank. So. Uh, there's something really too the fact that you know they did the like four month cycle, but it's four month cycle with established live rock and it has that kind of like uh, diverse biome in there, which doesn't really allow for that crazy yeah. uh, thing to happen when you turn the lights on. Not to the same degree anyway. Well, this is something that we're you know just last week's live stream. This is something that we can actually start to you know get a better understanding of uh, this biological diversity when uh, we can run a test where it's the dry rock only plus mm -hmm. that cycle and the bare bottom plus if we and then if we do a, an established one and you can actually see those differences between the two why one might work better than the other and time doesn't create a biological no. uh, diversity out of thin air corals yeah. fish that you add in it comes from all kinds of different things yeah I, I, i'm on the fence still a little bit about does it come out of a bottle or not uh, it certainly doesn't hurt and it's pretty cheap yeah uh, but you know can I get it out of other areas and I can tell you like again that first tank I did yeah. that came out of the ocean in bags of water uh, that was it <laughs> that's uh, that was all the tank. diversity the you want on day one we're good yep. uh, I don't, never a bump in the road all uh, right so number two. Oh wait I'll answer that question a little bit clearer 
the things that you should expect from dry rock and bare bottom and just like a super sterile environment mm. is big bacterial blooms, yep. sometimes big green, uh, they look like kind of phytoplankton blooms, but it's not, mm -hmm. probably some kind of dino. Yeah. Uh, you'll expect to see all kinds of slimy crap on the rocks and the sand or in, or in the bottom. like. Just Sano ugly, and dinos super are ugly tanks and yep. drone is yeah. what you see. And you'll get to the other side of it. Oh, I just did. <laughs> but it takes a little while. It takes a while. And, and usually, you know what happens is it's like when you add corals, all of a sudden uh, you start to add the stuff and mm. it goes away then. And the yeah. reality is it's like you're trying to do it in backwards. But you're not I'm trying to get the dots. tank ready for a coral, but it's the absence of coral is causing <laughs> my problem. Mm. Uh, oh, that'd be an interesting study, too, to do a test is add corals in a brand new dry rock tank and don't add corals in weight and just kind of see the diversity in those. I think that's a piece like I wish somebody had told me. Yeah. Is yep. It's the <laughs> absence of corals that makes it not ready for corals. <laughs> Go buy corals. <laughs> there you go. All right, number uh, two. Number two for me was, um, it's funny because it's the exact same conversation we're having, that my first year wouldn't suck as bad if I used live rock. This feels set up. It does feel set up. <laughs> we wrote these in completely different rooms. I wrote mine earlier. We talk today. a lot, so I'm not surprised, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, repeat it again. Uh, I wish somebody would have told me that my first year wouldn't suck as bad if I started with live rock. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny, man, because we swing back and forth. Like, I, you know, for me, it was like yeah. my live rock come with every pest known to man. In, in fact, I even had those uh, isopods that attached to my fish's gills. Like, you see yeah. those pictures, and you're like, oh, yeah. God. It's that pendulum yeah. thing we talked about It came about out of the week. ocean, man. Yeah. It had everything in there. Yeah. So, like, I had the whole array of pests. So, yeah, easy, but I also had the most extreme version <laughs> of pests in there, too. Yeah. Uh, and so then, you know, I had those fluke things that were attaching to the Oof. side of the fish, too. I'm not flukes. I can't no, think what they're called. Um, the, I don't know, they're like, not isopods either, but they're little, like, oval-shaped, uh, uh, somebody uh, out there. I don't know what they're called. You know what it is. But all kinds of stuff came out of the ocean. I had centipede, man. I never only saw it once. But there was some kind of centipede thing looking, running around day one. The other cool part, though, is so many pods, Yeah. you could turn the light on at night, Just and <sighs> they would all come out and follow the, like, uh, <laughs> uh, the light around. Eventually, they dwindled, and they didn't see that much. But. So it's like a double-edged sword. Either you go with that live rock that's straight from the ocean, and you have like insta tank capabilities, or the other extreme is the dry rock with nothing, and you're going to try to start with a sterile environment where you don't get past. Well, and then there's like I used to look down on boat rock. You know, boat rock is like the reason I, I like boat. Well, boat rock is rock that came from Fiji, sat on a boat. Uh, it uh, was probably in the boat for four months, including the har or mm -hmm. a month rather, four weeks. In the harbor, then it would go to like a wholesale location in uh, LA, yeah. uh, and then it would be distributed uh, to places that sold it, mm. and a lot, a lot of them online, and then they would make you overnight it. <laughs> like it's been in storage, dude, for six weeks. <laughs> like, well, why? Like this live rock, man? Like, this is garbage. You put some wet newspaper on it, and then you're gonna call it live. But you know what? You might have actually killed a lot of the stuff that I had in my tank that yeah. came from water yeah. uh, and, through that live event. And who knows how deep within the pores of that rock, like some bacteria are still living by oh, the time uh, that you sure, get it. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, though. Definitely through that whole mix is the, the sham at the end of like making you feel like you got some of value because you had to overnight, overnight 50 it. pounds of rock, which is not cheap. <laughs> no. For something that was sitting on a, on a boat for a month, 
Yeah, it lasts a day, didn't matter. It's a tough there's, to swallow. there's no way. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, related to that, number two. This is related for me is don't buy a specific tank, a size tank. Oh. Don't buy a 90 wave. <laughs> okay. The wave tank, like, it was kind of like, I didn't know any better. Yeah. You know? But, like, when you looked at it from certain directions, it gave you a headache. It's kind of like those bow fronts, and some bow fronts do it. Now, some people love the corner look that mm -hmm. it just slides right in the corner like a slice of pie, and you get this really cool front on it. But then you start getting into the, like, the challenges of lighting it, uh, mm -hmm. the challenges of flow in it, the, cha I mean, the challenges of maintenance. And a, a box or a rectangle is really nice. Well, it's funny because when uh, it was my first tank, so was, I saw people were, like debating whether the wave would mess up the flow, and I'm like, what do you mean flow? Flow. Like, like, <laughs> now I know for sure. It hits that little wave and it shoots off the other direction. Yeah. You know? yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. It doesn't cross the tank. Uh, but it was first... The difference in cost between the 90 and 120 really isn't that much. The difference in equipment is like zero. Yeah. Uh, all the equipment that works on a 90 pretty much works on yeah. a 120. Yeah. Uh, especially I was using T5s at the time, so like what, the extra 40 bucks involved or something. <laughs> uh, that extra six inches of aquascaping, man, like near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't have got the 90, I would have got a 120 if somebody had told me. Somebody had told me the price wouldn't make any difference in this case. Yeah. I've already kind of like mentally jumped up from like the 75, so I was like, right, oh, right. I don't want to go any higher than that. <laughs> if somebody had sat down and showed me the difference between a 90 and 120, I would have done that. What's the 100 bucks or something? Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't have done the wave yeah. either. And especially that open stand that it came with, it was like these metal poles and oh, like they rusted. Yeah. It was a nightmare. My, uh, my buddy Ty in Kansas, who got, got me into the hobby, he had, he had found two waves. One was backwards from the other. So one wave this way and one wave this way, and he butted them up together. So it made this really big wave. It was really cool. Okay, I, was I don't know say, how well, you now, got now found I'll it, do but it's really uh, cool. I'll do double wave. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, my wife really wants to a uh, round tank, a cylinder, mm. and I feel the same way that I kind of warps the eye, and I'm not really into it. But I also really like how the fish just kind of swim endlessly around. Yeah, so, oh, look downs are great for that. Yeah. Uh, number right. three. Number three. Um, oh. This one was, I wish somebody would have told me that algae killing above all else is, a, is also a path to corals dying or barely surviving. I was okay. on a war path for nitrates and phosphates because I didn't want algae. I wanted to beat algae like everybody else I knew who I was reading when I was new in the hobby. All the problems I saw was algae. And I wanted to be the one that didn't happen to. I beat it before it even came a problem. What I didn't know is it would come at the, at the cost of my corals' health and the zooxanthellae in my corals. And I'm sitting here wondering, like, I have no nitrates. I have no phosphates. I feed this tank like crazy. Why are my corals pale? Why are some of them dying? Why do they look like crap they're not growing? I'm dosing two-part. I'm doing everything I read to do. I'm lighting and all this. But it was me on a war path to nitrates and phosphates. That was the issue. It's the hammer, man. It just go, we swing all the way from one way to the other every yeah. time. So the hammer was, uh, back then, it was LG was a problem yep. for everybody. Yep. Uh, nutrients were usually a problem. And the solve. Uh, the solve was everybody was telling you 0.03 or lower phosphate. Yep. Well, that was the solution to that. It solved algae. Yeah, but it, what about the algae that lives in the coral? Didn't even think about Solves it. Solves that too, by killing it. <laughs> uh, That's true. Yeah, or eliminating its growth. Yeah, so yeah. like... Yeah, you beat the LG problem or prevented it, but you also prevented the coral from growing, which was actually the goal. Now Not that I the know, LG. yeah. Uh, now that I know, man, I'd never do that again. 
Yeah, man, I wish. Actually, today, I bet you there's a bunch of people out there like, huh. Yeah. I just heard that for the first time. Well, it, I just see you know, uh, comment just here up here. I'm an algae killer. <laughs> never, <laughs> never want phosphates. Coral suffered. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was an algae killer too. <laughs> uh, okay, here's another one. A number three. You know, I don't know if somebody told me this or not. I just was too broke to do it. Mm. Don't you don't need a sump or fancy gear. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the reason I didn't have a sump on my uh, first uh, 90, which uh, uh, we've shown a video of it a bunch mm -hmm. of times, and I think it was successful mm -hmm. for a first tank, uh, is because uh, I didn't have enough money to buy like uh, the, all the, the plumbing and, and sump yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. I spent yeah. two grand on this thing still already, not and I still couldn't afford a sump. <laughs> uh, you know, and it was like Coral Life lights on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was not like a but it's hard to do it in an expensive tank. But you didn't need it though. I didn't. Tank thrives. Yeah. Same thing with your E170. E170. All-in-ones are great. I, I think my 40 breeder, my first 40 breeder was the same thing. I didn't drill, didn't have sump or anything like that. And it did so good in the first two months that I just upgraded right off the bat instantly. Yeah, so E170, skimmers barely run in. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if those Red Sea uh, hang-in skimmers really do a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, it's there kind of doing whatever it does. Yeah, the, the bio, the coral mass inside of it is more of a filter than anything else. There's more coral in there than there is tank. Yep, uh, that's true. At this point, like, there's no question. You don't need a, a sump to be successful uh, and, and th that's that's advice that we should be you know, the reefers watching this or have that you should start passing that around to get when you get new reefers in the hobby or somebody who's interested all-in-one would be my first recommendation now mm -hmm. now that I've done an all-in-one a couple all-in-ones that's my first go-to so the 90 wasn't an all-in-one but it was it had all that hang-on stuff so yeah. it made it, it was pretty ugly to be yeah. honest they got all the hang-on fuge and then hang yeah. on skimmer and hang-on everything and largely the hang-on skimmers suck too except for the last one I got but that's where the all-in-one is great yeah well and you get to hide it all yeah, yeah so I, I don't know yeah you don't need a sump or all that fancy stuff and I guess that would I guess this is another one I'll add in then, mm. uh, you know, 3.1, uh, <laughs> is water changes are the great equalizer. Yeah. Right? The reason that that uh, all-in-one does really well and is done well since day one is because it's on an auto water change system and it just changed that water. Constantly. Now, the reason that my first 90 did well is because uh, I did water changes every week. Like 20 gallons yeah. or so a week or, yeah. or what have you. Yeah. And ultimately, there's a different later reason later on I think I might get to. But, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, the reason is because I did my water changes on time. And I didn't need the filtration because I was manually exporting all of the pollutants mm -hmm. and replacing it with fresh water. Now, I'll tell you that was the hardest possible way to do it. Yeah. And, but, and, and it might be the most expensive in the long run, but it fit my budget at the time and my knowledge sketch because I didn't need to know how to run anything. Yeah. All I needed to know is how to take, take water buckets out, of water put out, water put buckets of water in. <laughs> Easy. Success. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's a, you know, there was a, a point where the no water change uh, approach was kind of attractive. Like, oh man. I can filter everything out. I can, you know, add food. I can do all of this and not change water. I mean, that's that's my speed. I don't want to do it. And then, I think everybody can agree. Uh, almost uh, me, uh, and even around the office, when you do a water change on your tank, everything just looks great. Right it's after, true. it's it's just it's like, man, my tank looks awesome right after this water change. And something about it that I mean, there's a ring of truth to why that could be. And uh, it's just like a breath of fresh air for everything living in the tank. In fact, if you do a water change and it doesn't look great afterward, 
you did the water change wrong. <laughs> uh, or the, like something's wrong with the water. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The chemistry's off, temperature's off. Because all you did is increase the quality of everything, the environment that it's Yeah, in. for so. sure. They're not sitting in nasty. All right, all right. So, hey, for all of you watching, if you got anything that you wish somebody had told you. Put her in there. Put her in, and Dave will pull her out. We'll right. start pulling her in. We might make a full video out of this eventually. Yeah, right, right up. All right, next. All right, number four, four for me. Number four for me. Uh, oh, yeah, this is really good. The difference is, I wish somebody would have told me the differences between filtration approaches and how they can make life so much easier in, if I, I had filter socks, I had, uh, I didn't, ha I had a, ref uh, a remote display refugium, but I was, I, I, it didn't serve a purpose for me. I didn't know why. I just, it was cool. It was like an addition I could add to my tank. And I had a protein skimmer. But it wasn't until even recently that we start to put the uh, pieces together on what the filter sock's job is and what it's doing, what my refugium's job is and what it's doing, and what my skimmer's job is and what it's doing. And if I apply all of those, I can now shove, I, cannot be, I can no longer be afraid to shove food down this tank's gullet, or I can be, no longer be afraid to, uh, that I might starve out my corals, or I can have to feed my little fish to handle nitrates and phosphates because I'm so worried about algae. My filtration is plenty enough. Okay. I wish I would have known. I agree 100%. If you could understand the different stages. Yeah. All right. So also within that, I'm broke. Like I can't buy all the fancy stuff I'd like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But can afford a filter sock. Yeah. I wish somebody had told me that a filter sock could pull out half the waste if they're done right. Yep. And that means that I could stop hauling around half that water. I can afford <laughs> I, I can afford 30 of these things, you know, yeah. easy and switch them out, but no, I never really understood like how effective like, that was. If you can pull out half of the like input of poop and uh, food into the water and in the sock and pull it out of the tank before it rots, you can do half as many water changes. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, I think it's one-to-one -one that way. I wish somebody had told me because I would have rather clean the filter sock oh. than haul that stupid tu tu tube around. I'd have done it every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Every day. Yeah, right? well, why not? Right no All right. Coffee. Okay. This one is a, a little bit more recent. Uh, I would say, so, so number four for me. Mm. This has been a progression. And, and it, with these, some of these things you look back at and they're just super duper obvious yeah right yeah but they're not obvious in real time mm. you know because you don't really everybody like hasn't really figured out what it is we're doing or why the old things are used work yeah but this is the wish somebody told me this a six by six inch by six inch light source is not the same as two by two mm. or two foot by two foot meaning a light source that is yay big doesn't matter that if a foot below it ends up being the same kind of average par. It is not the same as a, a light source that's this big and covers everything from all yeah, angles. Yeah. It will never perform the same. The stuff that will not live the, as long, they will crowd each other, it will shadow each other, and stuff will die. You probably solve, uh, if, with this understanding, you could easily solve all the issues with uh, that people had starting LEDs when they first came out and you know not understanding how light plays into the tank, uh, the intensity of par and everything like that. Yeah. Okay. Man. You can also fix we're that. We're still learning. By taking multiple of those lights and getting them close together so they become like an intersecting grid. Where somebody was someone said right? that. But we didn't like, no, we're sold. You know, because you know we want to sell All them. I need is, like I'll, they don't want to scare people away. So yeah. one every two feet. You know, yeah. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. 
No, I, but and in the in the the drive for LEDs, it was man, this minimal form factor, just so sexy on the tank. Of course, easy. I, I don't want a big giant bank of T fives. Okay, so we're gonna you're gonna see this in the upcoming videos pretty soon here. But uh, like from a shadow perspective, you go back to photography, and if you mm. take a small form factor light like this and you put it on an object, behind them is a super super hard shadow. It's like, oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, like I wish I could show it to you right now. So yeah. so compelling. And then if you get a light source that's bigger than the person, no shadow. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Every other uh, I mean, like a photosynthetic or lighting technology uses that, except for ours. Why? Uh, even the, even the uh, when you compare it to how the, the way the sun in the sky diffu as mm. a diffuser, mm -hmm. like when that, you draw that parallel, you're like, ah, yeah, it's not a spotlight. Okay, and then we, what we talk about a lot is then if I wish somebody had told me that the size of the light should be larger than the object you're attempting to illuminate. Larger than? Yeah, larger than. Like the coral so, or yeah. the tank? So what's cool in that is like, well, uh, we fudging that because my two foot grid of uh, T5s over 60 cube isn't larger. No. Yes, it is. Because I'm not trying to li light the tank. I'm trying to light the rock work. It's in uh, the middle, which is like 18 by 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That makes sense. So it is bigger. <laughs> and, yep. and that's why it works so well. Yeah. And there's no shadows. It, and I'm not talking about your little frag that's one inch. I'm talking about when they grow colonies and they're growing around each other. Mm -hmm. There's this point where oh, you know, mean, like it just becomes lush. You can see it on this one. And if mm -hmm. we only had LEDs on this tank right here, like three of them in that one per two feet you know, rule, there's no way that uh, some of these underneath branches down here would be surviving. They'd be shadowed out and died. Well, and this is a good point, actually, because there's a bunch of corals in here that like, literally look like they're in a cave, and they still grow. Yeah. Right? And so there's lots of corals that don't seem to need as much light as you think they do. And so there's lots of tanks where uh, actually a little small, compact light source will be just fine, even if it's not supplemented with something else. Mm -hmm. But if I'm trying to grow a wall-to-wall -wall SPS, I wish somebody had told me Light source needs to be bigger than the object you're trying to illuminate for best results. There you go. Like take that. I wish somebody had told me. Run with it. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, All right. I? Before I get oh, before we get to number, number five, let's pull a couple of the ones uh, out here that the community well, shared. Was that your number four? That was my number four. Oh, the lighting one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. All right. Let's see what we got here. Um, John Honduras says, "What I wish I knew from day one: RODI unit should be your first purchase. Good for you." Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, I did it with. Um, I hauled. I knew I had. I needed. I knew I wanted RO water, so I went to the grocery store and you know saw there. And somebody had told me to check the date on the filters or when they write it on there that they replaced them. And I'd go fill up my little three-gallon bought jug of water and I'd haul it home and I'd do my little water change, and uh, I did that for a long time. And I did. Uh, I think it is distilled water once too, but. It wasn't until like uh, after I really I got my RODI unit and I'm like, oh, that makes that makes more sense. So I, it just seems like they're pulling a lot more out. I got lost in it actually, yeah. uh, and so uh, and like some people said they get water from the store, and I'm like, I'm not driving across town to go get water, <laughs> like, especially to fill up 90 gallons. And I'm not gonna do it with tap water because everybody told me that's bad. Yeah. 
And so I just bought it on day one. So I got like a Kent Marine one from uh, Marine oh, yeah. Depot. And, yeah. uh, but I, I filled my tank with RO. And I was surprised how long it took me to fill that damn tank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, day one. Right huh. on. Next one. I did not. Uh, Dev uh, says, tip number one, it's more expensive than you initially planned. Add more, 25 to 50% to the initial budget to be safe. Okay. I didn't go in with a budget. I just started... I went into a budget, stuff. Uh, and I thought that, like, I literally walked into something fishy with two grand in hand and said, what, give me what I need. <laughs> like, I just, fit, give me something inside this budget. Yeah. And it turned out, like, I don't know if it was not enough. They wouldn't help me. I don't know. So I had to go re-research it. But I still felt like 2000 bucks was, like, enough. And did you go 25 to 50% over that? Dude, I double. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like I don't. I mean, over, over the course of uh, the next two years, double. Oh right? yeah, because yeah. it was two grand, and I haven't bought a coral yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, or a fish. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, so I got rock in here. I got a. T- I mean, the rock was not cheap. I got a thousand dollar tank with yeah. stands. You know, yeah. who knows? All of it, it. It went so fast. So I would say, take whatever you think that it's going to be. Add 50% for the first six months, and then double that for the next 18 months. <laughs> it was a, I will say it was a sticker shock when I came to customer service here and I had access to my account and I could see, well, what did I spend in the mm. last few years? Oh, I shouldn't tell anybody that. <laughs> so I looked at it. Yeah, uh, I'm yep. with you, Steve. What's a budget? I don't know. That's yeah. how I started mine. Uh, Battle OCR, it's my uh, most frustration or frustrating part is redoing stuff. I wish somebody would have said, hey, there's an X amount of monitoring you should get from day one. Buying the same stuff mm. over and over and over again and redoing it, right? Yeah. So I, some of you already heard this dumb story, but I'll tell you again. First skimmer, Prism Pro Red Sea, floods over my floor. Trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. It ripped, then it was the, the Prism Pro from Aqua Sea. I had the small pump, uh, ah, remora, yeah. and then I went to the mag drive, then I went to the skimmer box, all of it garbage. <laughs> and then I eventually ended up at this like $500 Delta Deltec thing, you know, yeah. like that was part of my 18 month doubling this thing, I guess. <laughs> but you know what? All I did is make the journey to the $500 Deltec thing twice as more, more expensive, yeah. and they destroyed my floor along the way, too. <laughs> uh, I think you can say that a lot. I also had like a pinpoint pH monitor, mm-hmm. and then I had like a, a, a reef keeper yeah. and all this other stuff. And then, like, ultimately, you end up on some online, you know, and you just end up kind of like buying all this stuff over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember how many times I heard that same thing, and I did the same thing. Uh, hang on, a whole bunch of hang on gear when I got my 40. Two months later, I'm into a 60. I used most of that hang on stuff uh, again. And then I went to a 125 a few months later and I bought all new crap for it because none of it was, none of it was compatible. Oh. I thought, what the heck did I do? Okay, so yeah, actually that was my lighting too in yeah. the first one is uh, I had compact bulbs because that's what uh, the fish local fish store told me that oh, I needed. Yeah. It just happened to be probably what they were selling at the time. But yeah. uh, the compact bulbs was uh, what I needed. And then the community like chastised me and told me I bought garbage <laughs> and that I should get a tech fixture. And I, and I won't tell you, like definitely it was like pretty cheaply made, the Coral Life thing I had. Yeah. It was like really cheap plastic legs that kept breaking and things oh, falling like yeah. uh, But when I went to the tech fixture, uh, which was TFI bulbs, no question, everything thrived. 
So uh, I wish they still made that thing, by the way. <laughs> uh, it was really inexpensive, mm -hmm. and it wasn't perfect. It didn't have fans on it and all this other stuff. But man, did it grow coral and did it do it for cheap. Yeah. So yep. I don't know. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. So Just a couple more before we get into ours. Uh, Muhammad says, most important tip I missed was to put the rock work on the glass before putting it in, before putting in the sand. Mm. And he says, uh, almost cracked the glass, but caused a huge scratch. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now that foundation stuff, too, is a heck of a lot. As I did the same thing, uh, you know, put the rock on the sand, and then I was like, oh, this, you know, this goby and pistol shrimp are really cool. And then I get, like, I can see my rock work move a little bit, you know, down the road. I was like, oh, man, I really should do something about that. But now with the foundation rock, yeah, mm. it's a no-brainer. Like, put the stuff down flat, smooth, base. I'll never put a round boulder on the bottom of my tank again. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't remember if I put it on. I, on I'd like to think that I had, I mean, I'm 3,000 posts into this. I'd like to think that I had <laughs> found out that uh, I should put it on the glass first. Uh, but, yeah, definitely put it on the glass first. Hopefully something's stable. But even in, like, in that 90, it was really hard because you're, you're getting so, trying to get so much vertical area, and you really don't have much depth. So yeah. it's stacked pretty precariously. Mm. Uh, and, you know, one of the things actually related to that is I wish somebody had told me not to use epoxy because epoxy's ugly, man. Oh, I tried right? epoxy and it just fell apart in my tank. Yeah, and then, like, you can get stuff like super glue and, like, a gel and just, you know, really just dump it on. Yeah. And it holds it really well and actually really hard to see. Eventually you know? it gets covered over. Yeah, and then if you cover it in, uh, like, that mortar stuff would be the next piece of this. Now the transition's hidden as well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can kind of see the gray, but that covers in coral and algae pretty quickly, unlike uh, epoxy for whatever seems, seems to repel it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then actually, this is a good one too. I wish somebody had told me this one. Don't uh, buy uh, white epoxy to match your white rock mm. because eventually it's gonna be purple. Yep. And don't buy purple on your white rock because it's gonna be ice over two years. Or <laughs> a long time anyway. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, neither of those really seem to fit the bill for me. No, I wish that NSA thing was out a while mm. ago too because then you know, that, that's kind of a, a, a lesson in patience. Mm. Like if you show me the NSA aquascape and how awesome it looks and then you tell me that it took you a month or almost two months to do, maybe I wouldn't have rushed into like trying to go, my tank wouldn't have, I don't know. I wouldn't have rushed out of actually taking some time rather than just throw everything in and, say, and hope that I can get an instant tank right off the bat. So I don't know. I don't learn patience very well, but that that might have saved me some patience. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you watch the NSA thing. For me, uh, I can't wait to do the next one. I don't know. Like that project we got to do. I did one in my garage, and then we did some other similar ones, and then mm. uh, uh, we did that big 121. And now, like anytime I need any structure. I don't even go looking for rock anymore. I just go back with a hammer and smash just stuff up and reassemble stuff. what I actually want. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty neat. Let's do a couple more before we get into our, okay. our number five. Uh, Philip says, I wish I'd been told that aquarium computers like the Apex are worth building your system around from mm. the start. You know what, man? It's pretty interesting. I wish somebody would have told me why the hell you'd want one of these things? Cause for me, when yeah. I bought it, it was all about I can make things happen automatically. It was not about monitoring. Yeah, and you can see where I was going with that. Yeah. But like I bought the the Reefkeeper Zero, 
I think, mm. uh, the first one. Yeah. Uh, I had a two, two. I don't remember which order they, you know, which ones I had on yeah. the first one. But uh, the the reef keeper, and it was like, oh, I got rid of a lot of cords, you mm -hmm. know. And I, I found some redundancy here. Like, no longer is my kelk and my top off gonna like uh, kill my tank anymore because right. I turn off the pump and yeah. my heater that had failed in the tank. It's all gonna set it off on an alarm. Both fit. I had it fail off as well as on. Walked up to Eheim and like busted his seal somehow and it was full of water. Ooh, and, yeah, like, that sounds like a electrocution way. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know, but like now I won't bore you all with it because you heard it before. But for me, uh, screw the control. That's awesome. Like, we'll do that later. But number one, right up now. I want to know when any piece of equipment has failed. Yeah. I want to know chemistry is wrong. I want to know like when the heat's wrong. I want to know when anything that's happened wrong. And if you do that and you tell me within a matter of minutes when it happened, the trajectory for this tank just went from uh, a couple of years to forever. So many times you uh, walk up to, people have walked up to their tank, didn't know it was cold, didn't know it was hot, didn't know something was off, and then you realize it like two days later, maybe you were, you put your hand in the tank for maintenance that week. Yeah, so that was actually what happened, is uh, I was kind of losing the coral here and there, but it was like largely doing good. And then I went and put my hand in to uh, like do something like, man, this feels cold, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And the heater had died. Who knows how long it had died? You know, <laughs> and, and it, the water was like, you know, 70 degrees. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah who knows? Well, that's like, hey, we're still putting our uh, elbows to Apex to, or Neptune to make that monitor, uh, I know. that Apex mm, one. Someday, that we came man, maybe. Someday. That, Just a monitor. I would, dude, I, I, this is like. Don't need outlets. It, I, there's a big chunk of people out there, like right now, are like, no, I need control, I need control of everything, I want all of uh, automation, that's where all the value is, and I totally agree. Mm. Uh, for the person who wants to put that level of effort into it, learn about it, you know, read the thing, and, or the 100 page, 80 page manual, yeah. go to the like uh, uh, forums and ask questions, and that's the beauty of it, is you don't have to read that thing, because mm. you can just ask and someone will give you the code. Yeah. But, for everybody else, would you like to just like, put it on your tank, put the probes in, Enter your email address and your phone number in the thing and be done. And know that now a vast majority of the things that will go wrong with your tank, you would know about it in a matter of minutes. It's on the verge. Who doesn't want that? Oh, I do. I don't think there's a single person, man. No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know when my heater fails. No. I don't, don't tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That'd be funny. All right, let's go to number five, and we'll hit some more of those in, in okay. a minute. I got a, actually a couple more I wrote down. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, my number five. Uh, I wish somebody had told me that feeding the tank is more than just feeding the fish a cube a day. Mm. And probably why my frag systems, uh, I, I related it to my frag systems too. Is like I had always set up frag systems with, my buddy told me, get the biggest fish that you can, get the biggest waste producing fish you can. And then you just feed the heck out of them, and the corals seem to do absolutely great in the frag system. But now, now that I know that you know me just feeding my one cube a day doesn't really help much for my corals, and I want to you know treat them all or feed them all the way they should be with the filtration piece in place. Now I can feed like the very diet for the fish's health, but also all of those little amino acids and all those prey type particles to the corals. I never fed my corals. I mean, I did, I did the Red Sea stuff every once in a while, but I was so worried about nitrates and phosphates that I uh, would only do it like once a month or something just to see my tank turn green. But in reality, I probably should have been doing that almost every day. 
for the health of the corals. Yeah. You know, uh, this is actually brings up a good point because, uh, you know, we were talking about in that nutrient series we did recently is, uh, you know, nutrients isn't just the nitrate and phosphate in the water. It's mm. also the prey they're capturing, yeah. right? Yeah. That's where they're getting a lot of the nitrogen and phosphorus from because there's so little parts per billion in the water. I was talking to Jen from New Wave, who's uh, you know the best store in Minneapolis, <laughs> and Jen's like, yeah, when you go out snork or not snork or diving, you know, in a lot of these reefs, you know, in the morning you'll see just like all kinds of plankton just clouding the water. Oh yeah, right? and you'll just see all the corals got all of their feeding tentacles and polyps out, capturing this prey, mm. taking in all of the nutrition that comes from this just clouds of, uh, of plankton and mm. uh, you know different you know, forms of life that they're capturing in yeah. the water. Yeah. And then the tide brings it out to sea, and then during the day you don't see it. Ah, right? interesting. And every area is probably a little different, but it was like, Wow, man, because you kind of like have a hard time thinking about how a coral is going to like capture or anything. The water looks so crystal clear. Mm -hmm. But I've definitely seen that as well, where the water is just totally clouded with all of uh, uh, like the, the little, little critters prey. and everything yeah. in the water, man, mm -hmm. the plankton and, and microfauna. And it's pretty easy when it's that dense, you know? <laughs> uh, and for hours probably. Yeah. And so like, you know, the Nature just has a way of the moon pulling the stuff out, tides bringing it in, yeah, yeah. and it's not the kind of thing that we do in our, our mm. tanks often. And before, with before good filtration techniques, it's uh, hard to do yeah. because you just pollute the tank water. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, heavy in, heavy out, you can create that kind of like tidal swell of uh, food. Yeah. I don't know. Very interesting. Cool. All right. I got number five here. Uh, <laughs> I wish somebody had told me. I mean, this is blasphemy, so get ready. Get ready for it. I, I, I'm going to get like five people who are like, he should be fired. Uh, Instatank is why it works. Right? Mm. So, why do you have all these tanks that are like, uh, you just throw in eight million corals and all of a sudden, like, the tank doesn't have any issues? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Define but if I had the, the exact same tank, I didn't put the corals in it, it would have, of course, run in dinos and all that garbage. Mm. It's the instant tank is why it works. Because I added in, you know, 30 corals to these tanks uh, almost at once that came with all kinds of all different kinds. microfauna and biofilms and biological, you know, bacteria. Who knows, man? All yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And it's jump-starting the whole, like, mm. warfare that's happening inside the tank instead of just like leaving it to its own. Yeah. So Instatank is why it works. Now I'm not telling everybody to go there to do Instatank. No. But there's something to be learned from that. <laughs> well, that's like the, the Red Sea Max back here, we Instatanked with the mm -hmm. biggest corals that we could find, never ran into those problems. The five minute mm. guide tanks, the 40 breeder in the, in the E170, same thing. They mm. were Instatank and for weeks later we were like, okay, when, when is this ugly brown and nasty thing gonna come? Didn't. Oh, you're like, where's the ugly stage? Why is <laughs> yeah, that? it was yeah, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. So I got a couple other ones here that I got. We'll call it number six. Okay. All right. Should have brought a pen, dude. You could you'd have some more. Whatever you do, resist the temptation to scrub off algae. Hmm. Right? Specifically Bryophilus. Because, hmm. man, will you spread it. Okay. Uh, so yep, you got this little yep, patch yep. of like brashes and I want to get rid of it. Yeah. 
Uh, the temptation is like, okay, I'm gonna go get a toothbrush and I'm just gonna like go get it. <laughs> this is like a newbie uh, 101, right? Yeah, yeah. But like even as a older, I, I want to scrub it too sometimes. Yeah. It's funny because I actually thought saw Than in his uh, Ugly Tank episode. I don't know if anybody out there say it. You should go check it out. Hmm. Bravo, first off, to Than because a lot of us have a little hard time showing uh, the dirty laundry. Right, 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 right. But it's the dirty laundry that is actually the most valuable lessons. If you only show the good stuff, it only half the story. Yeah. So Shan, uh, Than shows uh, in Title Gardens video. Uh, his big display tank is going through an ugly stage. Yeah. And it's got what I thought was chrysophytes in and maybe hair algae, like to a degree that many people probably never <laughs> seen. And he did the same thing. He's like, yeah, noob number one. Uh, we saw a patch of it and we scrubbed it off. And <laughs> now look at it. <laughs> but like, it's so valuable, man, uh, and brave. And brave for him mm. to go out there and say, yeah, I made a mistake. Look what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was really <laughs> cool. So uh, number six, don't scrub your bryopsis. Uh, uh, okay. I got one related to one that you just said, yeah. actually. And maybe we'll hit a couple of these other ones up here. Why? I wish somebody had told me why amino acids. Mm. Okay. And, and, and this one's just a little bit of a theory on my end uh, and why I, I would say that these work so well. But, so, I mean, from the time I've been reading, I've been watching people dose uh, acro power to their acros, right. you know, from uh, two little fishes for, like, forever. Forever. Right? This is, like, oh, a yeah. mainstay of the industry, yep, right? yep, yep, yep. And to me, like, I actually came from a world of snake oil, and, like, I don't know, I came up through, like, this do-it-yourself world where yeah, everything yeah. must be snake oil, unless you could prove it in <laughs> a shadow of a doubt. I don't know. I've, I've since tried to shed that because it really was holding me back. Yeah. Uh, it was cool, but like there's a balance in there somewhere. Okay, so everybody's using this acro power in there, right? And it's like, uh, like oh, well, whatever. And then where I started to really pick up on it was when people started using that NO3PO4X from Red Sea and yeah. like all of a sudden the corals are like looking like crap and hmm. like whatever. And then they start dosing the AB stuff, B. you yeah. know? And all of a sudden the corals come back. Hmm. They're like, oh, well, there's like amino acids and whatever. And then you see it in uh, Worldwide Corals tells oh, yeah. us, you know, hey, when we got a hurt coral, a damaged one or a sick one, first thing we do is start feeding amino so acids and it heals amino's. itself really rapidly. Mm -hmm. And then like we did it here, and like, wow, no way, man. Totally turn these tanks all the way around. We did it in an investigates you could watch. Yeah. And this is my theory as to why this works so well, right? And, and I'm, I'm curious if anybody out here, like, give the wrong alert if you want. Huh. Uh, when you feed prey to the corals, you mm. know, if I'm trying to simulate that, like, you know, all that plankton, right, microfauna right, right. coming right. in. The problem is, is like all those polyps have really d designed to capture a very specific size, yeah. you know, organism. Yeah. Sometimes it has to hit it at a very specific flow rate right. even for it to work. Mm. It's all this stuff. And, you, and that's why you feed things like, you know, when we designed reef chili, it was like 8 million different sizes, like everything in the kitchen sink, because you're trying to feed every coral in there, right? Yeah. And so when, you know, you do that, it's just still hard. However, with the amino acids, and essentially what you're feeding too is a, like a, a prey that needs to be broken down right, into right. the amino acids and then used for protein to rebuild back up. The coral's got to expend a lot of energy to break the stuff down. Yeah, and then if you can feed the amino acids directly the, the to the tank. Most basic can, of what it wants. The most, like the building blocks of protein and tissue, mm. 
it can just absorb it through its tissue. I mean, that's the theory here, and it, it certainly works. I don't think it's capturing it. It doesn't have to put a lot of work into it. It can yeah. just go straight to synthesizing it. And, and actually, one of the cool parts of using that AB stuff from Red Sea is it's it turns like green, green, right? It turns green, and then you can instantly see how surrounded they yeah. are with all like, of these Man, that's going to be in there forever. You know, by using <laughs> KZ stuff, and then this is clear, and I drop some of it in there, like, hmm, it just looked like it went away. Add more? But, <laughs> but when you see it, when it's dyed green like that, yeah. you can see instantly, like, wow, this yeah. actually surrounds every living organism in here. Yeah, yeah. I can see how can you, it can absorb it. Yeah, so mm. I don't know. So that's my theory as to why, if somebody were to share with me amino acids, like A, when you can visually see it's actually surrounding every living, or, living organism, it's changed the color of the tank even, uh, and it's the building blocks of protein and coral tissue. It's plausible. It's easier to utilize than uh, just breaking down prey itself. And, it's, and it includes some of the amino acids that uh, the uh, zooxanthellae is incapable of actually synthesizing for itself. Ah, now I get it. Yeah. That I wish somebody sense. had told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have fed amino acids a long time ago. All right. So, all right, let's hit a couple more. All right. Uh, let's see. I wish someone had told me that uh, what light I need for my tank to grow corals exactly. Uh, take that model. Uh, you'll need one, two, or three, and that's it. So basically, we were somebody who had a uh, very direct advice for light, like plug it in, set this. And there was one, I think, that really worked well for me. It was a debate on bulb combo. T5s are one of the closest to that where, hey, put this T5 on there, mix up some of the bulbs, but mostly blue, call it a day, put it on for nine hours, 10 hours. So we tried to do this. But sometimes you have to read between the lines. Because uh, to be frank, uh, if we just came out and said, the only thing you should buy is Radeon's, AI is going to be pissed off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Kessel and vice versa. So what we really need to do is highlight these things and why they're good at specific things. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, it's a little bit of reading between the lines. But, like, we share what we like, you know. But nobody, like... You know, anybody of like major clouts, like we're like, you know, we all share what works, sure, right? right? But like, there's not like a defining person out there saying, use this and it'll always work, and it'll always look awesome. The T5s uh, is that. About uh, the standard. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't know, like, we have, we're always reverting back to this old technology. <laughs> again, the thing is the size uh, larger than the object you're trying yeah. to illuminate, yeah. it's spec proven spectrum. The, the PARS is easy, picking the right bulbs, yeah. uh, super, super easy. Ah. But I, I, that is the most refreshing thing that you can get, right? Is, is direct advice? Like, which one should I buy? I just want to be successful, and I don't want to do 8 million hours of research or yeah. buy the wrong thing. Please just tell me. And if I was the fish store and I said, Ryan, you have a 4-foot tank. Here's a 4-foot T5 fixture. Here's the bulbs that you're going to want to put in it. Set the timer to 10 hours. Walk away. Okay. I'll actually do it right now. Yeah. I mean, you guys have heard this, actually, in, in various terms uh, from me. But... If I had to tell somebody to pick an option that I think looks awesome, 100% mm -hmm. of the time will grow anything that you want in your tank. Oh, yeah. It is the Kessel and uh, Aquatic Life T5 Hybrid. It has a really nice shimmer, flat look in it. It also uh, will illuminate everything. The size of the object is bigger than the light. It has high contrast and shadows. Yeah. It always looks good. Super easy. Hard to mess up. Hard to mess if up. If you use this, uh, 
you will grow coral. You light will never be your problem, and it will always look awesome. Mounted at eight inches. Yep. There, there it is. If that's the answer you're looking for, there it is. There it is. I, 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 you can for go me. down those other avenues, and we've got a, you know, we've got advice in all the videos and investigates that I've done that I did last year. You got advice for every almost every light out there that we carry anyway, mm -hmm. uh, that you could kind of follow too. But if you just want direct advice, I don't know if this has been like totally out there how how leaked all this stuff is, but also. Uh, there are companies out there that are now doing the similar thing and they're removing the T5s and they're replacing it with LED strips, mm. uh, which is interesting. Something we found last, last year too, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, so the, now there's actually like a... There's a whole Reef, a Reef Bright, Bright fixture It's came out with one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen a prototype of the mm. uh, uh, Aquatic Life, uh, the LED version. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. when they're going to hope I'm not leaking <laughs> it too much. They're not uh, watching. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the big question is always like, well, why, why, why would you want to supplement LEDs with LEDs? It works. I'm like, no, I'm supplementing a like a floodlight with fill light. Yep. It's not LEDs with LEDs, or I'm even with T5s and uh, LEDs. I'm not supplementing T5s with LEDs. I'm supplementing a floodlight with fill light. Yeah. And uh, what we found, uh, at least with the reef brights was that the reef bright strips actually have better spread than the T5 than a single did. T5 bulb. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. I don't know. There you go. I think there'll be new options for the same thing. It uh, will look really nice as well as perform well in the future as well. All right, next uh, one. Uh, Mark says, wish they would have told me to go bigger on the tank now than later down the road and go bigger than, the, than, and then go bigger than that one. I, I, Mark, I feel your pain because I did the same thing. I got a 40 breeder. Two months later, I was into 65. Three months after that, I was into 125. If I would have just got the 125 from the get... I would have solved, uh, well, I probably would have saved a ton of money too. But mm -hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. I will tell you, I've actually heard the reverse of this too. Mm. Who doesn't want to be in the 500 club? Uh, right? I don't. Sounds awesome, right? And here's the, the, like, the secret in the industry. Almost nobody that has been doing this for a really long time uh, in the industry it. has a 500 gallon tank because it takes a lot of work to yeah. maintain. Yeah. And, and like, it ebbs and flows with your time, whatever. They're awesome, no question. If you got the time for it and uh, time for your hobby, oh, it's yeah. a great way to actually expand the hobby and the amount of time you get to spend with it. But if you don't want to take over your life, it's a lot of glass to clean. Uh, <laughs> and it's a lot of other things else. I'll, I'm gonna throw one in here too that's similar to that. Okay. The advice of uh, don't go over 24 inches tall because your arm won't reach the bottom. That's really good. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now, my tank is 26 like and a half or something like that tall, and I'm about two inches from the bottom. <laughs> uh, and it bugs me. Yeah. I like it visually, yeah. especially because it's not really 24 inches because you got that water lip right, right, and right. then there's like you know glass in the bottom. So visually it's actually only 24 inches. But you have to reach over the Euro brace and around and down to get anything. I don't know, I got long arms, man. Yeah. You know, like they're not short. So yeah. if you don't have long arms, I definitely wouldn't go over 24 unless you're willing to use tools to clean everything. Yeah. But it's a really good piece of advice to, to hear. I, uh, I found that with my 90 cube being like, 25, 30 inches tall. It was the same. I, well, I've got short arms too, so the 60 gallon cube is just about right for me. I can get down to the bottom of it. Yeah, time will tell here, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think this is, a, I, I mean, that's another thing. Like, not that I wish people had told me, Edge. I wish that I had listened. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, what do we got here? I wish someone told me that uh, told me that it's important to get fish with a purpose mm. uh, than to start my reef. That is really good. That's a really good one. Okay, 
It makes all the sense. I actually gave that advice to my mom when she set up hers recently, and I'm pretty sure she's reaping the benefits of it now. I wish somebody had told me that Tangs were cleanup crew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I like Tangs, and that's my favorite. You know, that's yeah. my favorite type of fish. Is all the Tangs, but it's so obvious after the fact that. Yeah. All these fish do spend the entire day looking for algae to eat in your tank. That's my problem I'm trying to avoid anyway, so why not? Yeah. Like if that's your job, you should it's do the it. The whole day, man, mm. they spend devoted to your goal uh, <laughs> every day. Uh, and so, like, when people talk about, like, uh, uh, like you know, your cleanup crew and there's snails and crabs. It's not snails and, and like, crabs. I'm not going to say that snails and crabs aren't are valuable. But if, if you look, and I sat there and look at what that crab's doing all day long, it really didn't really make a dent in much. <laughs> uh, and if I watched like, what the snail did, is all it really did is made sure I had to clean the glass safe. Because there was a really thin film on here, but I didn't see it until there was a trail going in the middle. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's not that they're not valuable, but like, I don't know. For me, the, 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 the utilitarian fish... You know, the, the tile fish uh, that eats the aptasia, I'd put one of those in before you ever put any coral mm. in because the, even if you do add aptasia, they may make sure you never even know it mm. uh, beforehand. Same thing with some of the wrasses. They eat all those like parasitic yeah. copepods and stuff. It's that, and, that, uh, whole, that whole list from the five minute guide. A tang, the tangs, the uh, blenny of some sorts, like a lawnmower blenny, a mm -hmm. wrasse to handle pests, uh, something to handle aptasia down the road. Yeah. Uh, and that's then, a great, in that case, that's a really good point. Actually, point. go watch. The, there's a five-minute guide video on, on fish on the selection. fish that actually do utilitarian this. fish. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. All right, next. Uh, AJ says, "I wish someone had told me to pick one path to success and follow it exactly, mm. not combining pieces of different methods." Wow, I, these are great. <laughs> no these man, because everybody's made that failure. Yeah. All of us, right? I wanted to do everything. I wanted every single, and actually, we uh, mapped out a mistakes video the other day for the beginner mistakes in fishing, which is kind of what we're talking about here, but uh, we hit some of these points, and one of those points was, uh, was, was this. It, for me, it was, I wish somebody would have told me, or one of my biggest mistakes is that I don't need everything. I, if, if I got this mentality of I need to fight uh, nitrates and phosphates, I'm buying the GFO, I'm buying the nitrate reactor, I'm doing water changes, I'm adding NO, NO4, PO, you know, PO4X, NO3, PO4X, I'm doing everything when I probably shouldn't maybe not even do one of them or find a different approach. Mm -hmm. I don't, you don't need to do everything. So, Related to that, I don't know how you do this still to this date. Right? But mm. we learn a lot from each other in the community. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, like almost everything we all know, we learn from each other and sharing experiences. But I got to tell you, when I was doing this, I learned off of Reef Central, and I didn't realize that when I asked a question, <laughs> should I do X, that 90% of the answers were coming from people that were in the exact same point as me. So that's like going to college and sitting in a classroom where there's a professor way down there who's got all the answers, and, and you guys are relying it. on each you're relying on each other for the answer. No, ignoring that the professor's here. Yeah, and listening to all <laughs> the other classmates, right? Yeah. You know, in that environment again, and we've said this before, it's really easy to know who to listen to at college because he's older than me and he wears a suit. And he he's yeah. down there. And and everybody's down focused there. on him. Yeah, it's really yeah. easy. On the forum, man, like there's 50 answers to the same question. Mm. 
I don't know who to listen to, man. Yeah. It's really hard. And I did exactly what this guy said here, is I ended up like piecing together so many different methods and thought processes mm. into this jambalaya. It's like making a cake by mixing 50 different cake recipes together and assuming it would be good. <laughs> it would be a cake in the end. And then the- uh, uh, Good, I don't know. And then uh, you have to keep making cakes and be like, I don't pull that piece out. Uh, I guess I'll pull that piece out. And then you're back at the regular recipe. So there's a place for this, yeah. right? I love this cake analogy. <laughs> okay. Now. Okay, so there is a place for this. Yeah. If you have made 3,000 cakes in your life, mm. you no longer need a recipe. Yeah, yeah. Now you're true. a cake master. Yep, 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 yep you can now start exploring uh, in ways that other people don't and make your own recipe yeah. out of the knowledge that you've acquired. That's very good. But the first time, follow damn recipe. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Uh, find a recipe that works. Specifically in this case, find a mentor that has produced what it is you're trying to, produ to produce yourself yep. and do what he did. Yep. Or she. <laughs> uh, because uh, you probably will produce the same level of results as them. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Easy to follow. That's a great, that's, a, that's probably the best one today. Uh, listen to somebody, not everybody. There you go. No one? Uh, we got, I wish I didn't scape that high. Uh, that yes. was another, Here. That, that's a really good one Look too. Look how the corals are coming out of the water. So we went too high. Yeah. Over half of the tank. So I wish that on an SPS tank that you didn't go over half of the tank. It looks empty and terrible aquascape when you In start. beginning. But later on, it looks really awesome. Yeah. And block, this is block and flow. The corals are all like all over the top of the tank. Yeah. It's a problem. We took that lesson into the 750XXL. And mm. uh, was that another one that we got from Josh and the, and the crew over there is about the aquascape? No, that one so actually high? came from Joe at Unique Corals. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, That's uh, right. he came and helped with the Marco Rocks. And he was and setting it up and he said, I'll never, I won't go over half. Yeah, I mean 60%? Maybe, maybe. Part of it? Yeah. Some, a couple. But yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, looks like the last one here. It says, I wish someone had told me never to rely on my brain to remember to turn off RODI. I now have, oh, I gotta get closer. I now have a smart plug and I tell Google Home to turn it off after two hours. If there was a winner here, man, Very good. this is it. Yeah. The amount of times I thought I was going to turn off the stupid RO system. I'm or put a whatever. rubber band on my like, hand. Uh, like tattooed it on my face. <laughs> you know, like, no. No. I should just know I will never remember to do anything three hours from now. Nope. Ever. <laughs> turning back on pumps, turning off pumps. Mm. I mean, that's how we got this huge uh, alkalinity overdose in this 160 years ago. Just turned on a pump and just forgot about it. Okay, here all the time too. All the like time. there's like some of these the equipment makes some noise. We're shooting video and stuff, so we got to plug uh, plug stuff. Like here, the only way we get around that is we put our car keys on the thing. You're unallowed to, uh, not allowed to unplug it without putting your car keys on it yep. because. The only way you can get home is by fixing it. Yeah, because I put a $100 bill there, and I, somebody dropped off the $100 bill back to my desk <laughs> and said, you forgot this on the, on the doser. It doesn't work. you got to put something that's a little more important or, or program, you know, if you got an aquarium controller or something, program it to go into a cycle that automatically does it for you so you can walk away. All right. So uh, that was a big list Great. of things I wish somebody had told us. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to share, Good I job. think, today's the list uh, of, uh, I don't know if I wish somebody told us, because uh, I don't know, we kind of came up with this in the last year or so, mm -hmm. but the NSA Aquascape, so I want to point to it in just a second, but 
that I can make the aquascape not just a mound of rock. Yeah, really. I can make an artistic structure mm. that once I learn how to you know bust it up with a hammer, that the glue and the insta set, I can create anything I want, yeah. and then lock it in place with uh, the uh, cement, creating the coolest structure possible. Mm. And then yeah, now, what's, say what's that. the yeah. next one? We were, I forget what we were calling it. God, I forget. It was a natural. Oh. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, but now what I can do is create uh, like uh, little, not just the cool structure, but I can create all those little holes for the rasses and habitat. Little, little habitats. Yeah, uh, there was yeah. a uh, we HSA had a name for it. or something we'll like that. Whatever. HSA. It was. That uh, the habitat within that rock as well to create something totally cool. So uh, if I would, uh, if I was one thing, I wish I could have learned about really early on. It would have been a project I would have loved doing. It's the NSA. the NSA, and there's going to be a video here for all of you watching afterward. Uh, and so for all of you guys, just search for it. NSA Aquascape and go watch it. There it is. Ryan beats rocks right in front of this tank, and people are not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week with a new live, a uh, new guys. topic.